Hello, and welcome to Meandering with Myrn, a potpourri of podcast by me, veterinary ethologist Myrn Milani. Join me as I ponder any and all things animal and human, what we know and what we don't, where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed. Because Halloween signals the beginning of the food-focused holiday season for many, it's a good time to think about tricky treats for dogs and cats. For starters, not all treats are, well, treats. Sometimes what we consider treats aren't treats for our dogs or cats for physical, behavioral, or bond reasons. Let's consider some examples of how this works. One treat I recall signaled problems on all three levels, physical, behavioral, and bond. It involved a mixed breed dog whose owners inadvertently reinforced an elaborate daily treat ritual that the dog then learned to initiate. When the owners were eating potato chips, the dog would sit voluntarily and lift his paw. They thought this was so smart of him and so adorable that they gave him a chip, or two, or five. Ultimately, the dog developed acute pancreatitis, an extremely painful condition that required hospitalization followed by medication and strict diet control at home. Though the owners genuinely loved their dog, sharing those chips and other forbidden treats with him played such a key role in their definition of love that they couldn't stop doing it. And because they conditioned the dog to ask for these treats for years, He couldn't stop asking them to do it either. The result was emotionally excruciating for all of them. Consequently, the dog returned to the veterinary hospital multiple times for pancreatic flare-ups. Ultimately, these greatly shortened his life. Another example of how tricky some treats can be involves overweight and obese dogs and cats and their people. In the previous example, the animal's owners were so blinded by the love they believed their treats communicated, it dwarfed the seriousness of the painful medical condition these caused their dog. People with overweight and obese animals experience a similar phenomenon. But unlike my clients who couldn't deny their animal was ill when he had one of his treat-related flare-ups, many overweight and even obese animals superficially may appear healthy to their owners. Additionally, some people truly do believe that their overweight animal's weight is optimal. When those folks see animals of optimal weight, they consider them too skinny or even sickly. Further complicating matters for those whose pets might be packing some extra pounds, some members of the population at large 
Also may perceive those overweight to obese dogs and cats as normal too. This occurs because they become so used to seeing overweight humans and animals that they consider them the norm. It's the optimum weight person or animal who's the abnormal one. These folks have become so used to seeing overweight humans and animals that they consider this the norm. It's the optimum weight person or animal who's abnormal. I've included links to canine and feline body condition score charts in the blog if you want to check your own animal's body condition. Ask yourself if this information matches your own perceptions regarding what's normal versus underweight or overweight. Then ask yourself if this information matches your own perceptions. It might, but it might not. When overweight or obesity occurs, it's not the well-balanced dog or cat food diets these people feed their animals that cause the problem. It's those little extras, the treats, that play such an important role in their owner's emotional lives. It's so difficult to replace them with something healthier, especially when they perceive those treats as evidence of the love between them and their pets. In addition to using treats to communicate love, treats also are used in some forms of training. But while the role of food treats as a symbol of love in intimate owner-pet interactions is fairly obvious, what treats symbolize in training may be difficult to figure out. Part of the problem is that some people wrongly interpret the all-positive label often attached to treats to mean it doesn't matter how you use them. You don't need any special training knowledge or skills. That's simply not true. Using treats without the necessary background in their proper use may cause some tricky problems. Like others working in the animal behavioral realm, I routinely see dogs whose owners inadvertently rewarded problem behavior because they didn't realize that dogs are capable of sequential thinking. And like humans, some dogs are better at this than others. When this is the case, a breakdown may occur in human-canine communication regarding the treat's role in the learning process. Suppose the person perceives the treat as the only reward the dog seeks when he obeys a down command. Meanwhile, suppose the dog's highest priority may be gaining and maintaining physical and mental territorial stability in that environment. If that stability occurs, then the dog will accept the treat. But if the physical and mental environment is unstable, things get tricky. The dog might accept the treat, but then again, he might not. And if he does, the response may not be reliable. 
It may be of the snatch-and-run variety. The dog rapidly obeys the command, then grabs a treat as he races by and deals with whatever he perceives as the source of the environmental instability at the time. Further adding to this breakdown in human-canine communication, the owner may erroneously label the dog highly food-motivated. However, these animals' highly motivated responses may have more to do with what's going on in their environments than obeying any command. Hence, they can be unreliable. Focusing solely on the treat also may cause people to miss valuable clues that would explain why their dogs don't accept treats when used in training. When this occurs, they may perceive using higher value or yummier treats as their only option. If the dog ignores those, they may switch to punishment or label the animal learning disabled or stupid, which, not surprisingly, makes the breakdown in communication between dog and trainer even greater. I'm sure you can come up with more examples based on your own and others' treat-related interactions with animals. Before I began writing the script for this podcast, I looked up the definition of the word treat. As expected from the many ways we use it in human-companion-animal interactions, it has multiple meanings. When used as a verb, it may mean to behave or act toward, or to use, serve, deal with, handle, or manage another. In medicine, treats gains additional meanings. To attend to, nurse, give treatment to, prescribe medicine for, medicate, dose, doctor, cure, heal, remedy, make better. My veterinary medical background primed me to treat animals with physical illnesses and injury. My ethology background and ongoing learning primes me to treat animals with behavioral and bond problems and any physical implications of these. Accomplishing healing in these areas may involve expressing one or another of these treat-related definitions. Which one or ones depends on the human, animal, and bond components that contribute to the problem? The last definition of treat applies when the word treat is used as a noun. Here it is defined as an event or item that is out of the ordinary and gives great pleasure. Relative to the way we sometimes use treats in our interactions with our dogs and cats, health and behavioral and bond problems may arise when the treats become more ordinary than out of the ordinary. When this occurs, finding a treatment that will resolve any related health, behavioral, and bond problems that arise may be tricky.
You've been listening to a podcast by veterinary ethologist Myrna Milani. For more podcasts, commentaries and books about animal behavior and the human-animal bond, and links to behavior and bond sites, check out my website at www.mmilani.com. For more specific information, feel free to email me at mm at mmilani.com. All rights related to the content of these podcasts are retained by Myrna Milani. The background music, Molly on the Shore by Percy Granger, is used with permission from Katova Arts, www.katova.com.